0: Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for August 24th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced. The checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. What are the great peaceful restorative solutions we still have at our fingertips? We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to the broadcast. As you know, uh, we delayed the broadcast one hour. So now it's 8 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time, 10 to noon Eastern, one hour later than it's been for years. Uh, There's so many benefits to this. It's just wonderful. It's, it's really good. It's better time for the folks on the West Coast, California, Oregon, Washington, uh, Nevada, half, um, I guess Arizona really also. Uh, it makes a big difference, ladies and gentlemen. It's great news. So that's happening. Uh, and so that means that every Tuesday, the Sheriff Mac Show, which is a TV show on Bridey on TV, uh, and Liberty Roundtable Live simulcast the broadcast. So it's on TV and radio at the same time. It used to be the second hour on Tuesdays, but now it's the first hour, which gives us more time to kind of prepare and transition between T V and radio, etc. It's really, really good. So Sheriff Mack and I were on T V slash radio yesterday together. And we discussed the Sheriff's Mac the Sheriff Mack Supreme Court case win over Bill Clinton. And we talked about the greatest Tenth Amendment decision ever rendered in America. Sheriff Mack also provided an inside look from Mike Lindell's Moment of Truth Summit that took place in Springfield, Missouri last weekend. We also talked about Marjorie Taylor Greene, Georgia Republican, spoke. And she said, hey, all my Republican colleagues are telling me don't talk about election fraud. Don't, don't, don't. She said, you know what? We've got to talk about it. Amen. Folks, that's the problem is Kirk Crosby... (laughs) Uh, a well-known dear friend and and former co-host, has highlighted this over and over. What is a Republican? Is it the Marjorie Taylor Greens? Is it the Rand Paul's? Is it the Donald Trump's? Is it the Justin Amash? Is it the Rahul Labadors? Who is it? Or is it Mitt Romney and crew? See, Mitch McConnell and those guys. We got a battle for the hearts and minds of the people and the Republican Party on right now. We also talked about when Mike Lindell took the stage he rightly called to account slash trashed the dishonest, one-sided media lies. Good for Mike Lindell because he's spot on that. I've been talking about this forever. Donald Trump jumped in and started talking about it with me. Now Mike Lindell's joined me as well, and good for them because they're right as rain. We also talked about, hey, if you want to get the CSPOA, that's the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association's MS, or SMS text updates, Simply text the key letters CSPOA to the number 53445. Text the letters CSPOA to 53445, and that way you can get on the list. Archives of the broadcast are available on radio at lovingliberty.net and available on TV at brightion.com. Check it all out. It's there for you, free on demand. If you missed the show, second hour, quote, boom, judge rules, government cannot keep FBI raid affidavit secret. However, let's the feds propose redactions to some of the key allegations. Bob Unruh, WND.com doing a phenomenal job with the report, but this is where the government is just dishonest as all get out on one hand. They say, yeah, you're going to, you're going to have the affidavit. They're going to know what's going on. On the other hand, they're going to redact the heck out of it to where you won't really know what's going on. Then they'll say we released it, but it'll mean and benefit us not one iota. That's my prediction. I pray I'm wrong. We might get a little tidbit here or there, but not enough to really know exactly what the details are. They claim national security is at stake. They claim the investigations are at stake. Your government claims everything to keep it hidden, even though Donald Trump says complete transparency. There you have it. You'll probably never get to the bottom of this scandal. Hillary Clinton walks for her scandals and deleting of data and hard drives and, and uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. No problem. Bill Clinton walks after raping women. No problem. Nothing. Donald gets all of it dumped on him for everything, even though they've tried, tried to pin the tail on the donkey when it comes to Donald for several years now, ever since he walked down the escalator. So far, no dice. But if they keep it up, they will eventually find something on the Donald. They will eventually find a way to put Donald in jail. I pray they don't, but I predict they leave him out of jail, but they do uh, tamper with his ability to run in 2024. That's in question as we speak. We also talked about the Yankees fans' abhorrent behavior is nothing new, according to the New York Post. And my response to that is, look, the bureaucrats in high places and everybody else, look, as a society, we've got to hold the moral high ground. Bread and circus, like the Romans of yesteryear, was their downfall. It'll be our downfall, too. Why are we acting all out of control over a stupid game in the first place? Wow. The CDC quietly ends differentiation between the unvaxxed and the COVID-vaxxed populations. Why do they do that? Because they were trying to say that if you're vaxxed, you're better off than the unvaxxed. The problem is the scientific facts do not back that dishonest narrative up. The truth is the non-vaxxed, have greater immune systems, natural immunity than the vaccinated. Therefore, they want to erase the differences now because science is catching up with them, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, we can really get to the bottom of the truth, which is unvaccinated people are healthier and have greater immunity, natural immunity, than do the vaxxed. But time will tell. They'll admit that way later after the facts. Remember who told you this first. We've been saying it all along. They've been attacking us, suggesting we were peddling fake news. They got caught. We've been vindicated. Enough said. Quadruple-vaxxed Pfizer CEO. Guy's name is Albert Brulla. He tests positive for COVID. Just like Justin Trudeau of Canada, Anthony Fauci of the United States. Not to mention both Biden's Joe and his wife, Jill. Most recently, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin also tested positive um, for COVID. That's for a second time on Monday, despite the fact that he was quadruple vaccinated as well. Many of us are starting to wonder if they ever even took the vaccinations. Maybe they did. Who knows? Time will tell. But what a disgrace that is. We also talked about the government database research. Researcher Brian Shalabi or Shalav, hey, he says, hey, the government database, the VARs database release re- um, reveals 10,000 plus percent increase in cancer reports linked to the COVID vaccines. That's live site news. Now, this is interesting. OK, the of Adver- adverse events reporting system, the VARs or whatever you want to call it now has discovered a 10,000% increase in cancer. That's a result of, quote, experimental COVID-19 gene therapies. They lie to us and say they're vaccines when they're not. But they compared it to all FDA-approved vaccines over the last 30 years. And it's out of control. And he found big-time problems. 837 cases of cancer reported following COVID-19 vaccines but he compared it to all FDA-approved vaccines for the previous 30 years and found only 140 cases of cancer. Bottom line is he concluded the increase showed that there were literally 29,700-plus deaths and 247,000 adverse serious injuries between December 14, 2020 and July 2022, well, I should say July 22nd, 2022, Um, there you have it. It's hard to know how to even respond to this kind of stuff, folks. The evidence, the science becoming so clear, so direct, and all the folks that believed in the vaccines, believed in the narrative of the mainstream press, believed in the narrative of the government, now egg on their face like you could not believe. I mean, they're getting slaughtered on this one. Uh, The sad part is many of them in good faith believed, but they got snookered. The sad part is government is not your friend anymore, ladies and gentlemen. Government is becoming your enemy. Now you say, Sam, that just can't be true on a broad basis like that. I know what you think. I get it. But do you have another explanation? Oh, you think the government just made a mistake and they were wrong? Well, if that's true, then why don't they admit we were right? Why don't they quit attacking us, suggesting we're terrorists or a domestic threat? Why don't they quit abusing us and suggesting we're peddling fake news when we're not? Why can't they just accept the difference of opinion on something until the facts come out, huh? See, they slaughter us when it's opinion time, when we can't get the facts. But then when a judge releases thousands of pages of vaccination research and documentation, it turns out that we're vindicated and they lied. But are they going to be punished for shutting us down and attacking us over this fake news discussion when it turns out we were right and they were wrong? Where's the repercussions on that, huh? You can't sue the mainstream press because they can say or do anything they want. If you're a celebrity, well, they tell you I'm a nobody when they want to minimize the value of this talk show. But then they tell you that I'm a celebrity when they want to not get sued, that I'm so important that golly, I'm a famous character. Will they lie on every count everywhere. All right, when we come back, I got some sad news for y'all. I'll tell you about it in seconds. I am Sam Bushman. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. Hard-hitting talk always at your fingertips. You want to listen to the archives because you don't have time during the live feed. I get it. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net, BridieOnRadio.com. we got all kinds of places, baby. You can check it out. LibertyNewsRadio.com. Also, if you're uh, one of the lucky folks with a radio station, Terrestrial Radio, AMR FM area, you can listen there as well. There's so many solutions for those who want news the networks refuse to use, ladies and gentlemen. There's so many solutions. It's just not even funny. Six days a week, two hours a day, and then available on demand. How can we make it more available to you? Let us know. And we'll work on it. The podcast is available on Spotify, um, TuneIn, iTunes, Google Play, which is just just basically everywhere. Uh, So check that out, if you will. Spread the word. Share the love. Tell your friends. I got a sad obituary, ladies and gentlemen. R.I.P. Michael James Badnerick. He lived August 1st, 1954 to August 11th, 2022. Our dear friend has passed away. Michael Badnerick. He was one of the Constitutional Sheriff's and Peace Officers Association's educators. Uh, He was a libertarian. He ran for president on the Libertarian Party. Just a stand-up guy, understood principles of freedom like nobody's business. You know, uh, this phrase has gone around for a long time, and I don't know if I can give Badneric credit for it. Uh, But he did repeat it, and I did learn it from him. He said, you know what, I just want to be left alone. Just don't hurt me. Don't take my stuff. Just leave me alone. Well, that's been said by many libertarians, but I first heard that from Michael Badneric. And I agree with the principle. Just don't hurt me. Don't take my stuff. Just leave me alone. Anyway, we consider uh, Michael a dear friend. He lived in Indiana for a long time. Then he moved to Texas for a long time. And a sad day to lose a patriot like Michael Badner. Rest in peace, my dear brother. All right. uh, With that, according to a, quote, nationwide study, 39% of employees are working from home exclusively and another 42% are embracing what they call a hybrid approach. What does that mean? Well, it means you come into the office some days, you work from home some days, or oftentimes um, you work from home in the morning and then after all the traffic, you know, hours gone, (laughs) then you come into work. So you might work, oh, I don't know, say 7 to 9 a.m., then go into work. Uh, and you know because the drive from nine to nine thirty, you're not there, but you got a lot of work done before you came in, so you can avoid all the traffic. Or sometimes people will leave early. <clears throat> uh, there's all kinds of unique arrangements. Uh, The people coming up within the hybrid model But what's interesting in my mind about this is when you put the 39% of people that now in America work at home Exclusively and the 42% that support the hybrid approach you've literally got 81% of Americans that are working from home now in some fashion or another and There's some uh, you know jobs that you just can't work from home You know for example if you work in a warehouse you've got to go where the products are right um, you know there are some. If you're going to be uh, in court, if you're a court reporter, where well, you got to be in the court, right? Now they're even working out ways that their court reporters can work from home too, to some degree. But uh, there are places. If you work in a hospital, for example, you got to be at the hospital, right? So some jobs just don't uh, adapt well to working from home. But think about that in America, ladies and gentlemen. What a what a sea change since COVID. Eighty-one percent of Americans working from home in some fashion. 39% exclusively. That is a huge, huge number, ladies and gentlemen. And I bring all this up because we've been advocates of working from, from home forever. It saves money, it saves time, it saves gas, it saves uh, on lunch. Oftentimes if you work from home, you can just eat lunch at home instead of having to go out to lunch. If you're out and about, you need to do. Uh, it saves money on clothing because you can you know, dress a lot more casually or simply if you work from home. Uh, There's so many savings, uh, it's not even funny. You would think the environmentalists would have been all over this years and years ago pushing for working from home, but they haven't really stepped up to the plate very much on that, strangely so, but I think it's tremendous news that that many people are working from home. And I saw this on the KSL News site, one of the biggest news organizations in the state of Utah. But what an interesting uh, study to point to. huh? All right, um, you know, the environmentalists talk and talk and talk, but ladies and gentlemen, they're all bogus. Why? Because they pretend they're for savings. They pretend they're for using less and making their, you know, environmental footprint smaller and all that kind of stuff, but it isn't true. Calabasas, California, Calabasas celebrities among, quote, worst water wasters now officials say. A few key weird people literally got the slam uh, because they've been wasting water big time, and they all got caught doing it, and it's now a big old story. Look, these celebrities and these rich people and these environmentalists and everything else, the Al Gore's of the world, they all believe you and I should be shut down to third world status to protect the environment, but they certainly don't think it applies to them. That's the problem. Anyway, I did uh, a a broadcast uh, on the environment quite some time ago, uh, let's say three weeks ago, maybe two and a half weeks, something like that. Uh, and we couldn't air it because we had a technical glitch. So now we're going to air that now, and we're going to play that, and then I'm going to come back and talk more about this environmental update, which I find fascinating, to say the least. Uh, here's the commentary uh, that was available then, Cam. You see, folks, even if they get their way, they're, they're off their rocker. They don't have any good ways to fight climate change, Okay. Even if I wanted to make a difference, I my difference is tiny. Well, Sam, don't you know tiny efforts by a lot of people become large efforts? Yeah, that's true. And I don't disagree with that, but um, I highlighted 18 ways to fight climate change last hour. And uh, a lot of these, uh, if you go search, how do I fight climate change, you get a bunch of these lists by these green groups and such. This is 10 ways you can fight climate change. Green America, for example. I quoted another one earlier uh, last hour and highlighted what they say. But they say eliminate food waste. Eat plant-based. Use clean energy. Participate in the democratic process. Divest. Divest. The largest source of greenhouse gas emissions comes from fossil fuels. Improve insulation. Use LED lighting. Rethink transportation. Now, this is interesting. They say you can vote with your dollars for public transit. Like that's a good plan. Nine, you can recycle. Ten, buy less. And then they talk about your green life. They don't have any real solid things that I can even do, right? As far as I can tell, they don't really have anything that I can do that matters much, right? Can I fight climate change? Uh, That's the question, right? Wow, it's crazy. I look at all these choices, what you can do to fight climate change. Here are the most effective things you can do to fight climate change is another one. See, this is all over the Internet, folks. What's the most effective thing I can do, huh? This is published July 1st, 2022. Um. I don't really see what they think I can do. They say, we believe in the free flow of information. Public article, publish articles for free. All right? Net zero emissions. All right? I want to highlight that. Net zero emissions. Because the first thing they say, ladies and gentlemen, is limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius above, quote, pre-industrial levels requires, quote, net zero emissions by the middle of this century. This means in less than a couple of decades, we need to reverse more than a century of rising emissions and bring annual emissions down to a near zero. To help speed this process, individuals have got to do everything within their power to jettison. Fossil fuels. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I don't even know what fossil fuels are. Do you? Do you know what fossil fuel even is? Oh, well, Sam, it comes from uh, the bones of dinosaurs there. My response is, are you telling me that dinosaurs in the earth died and produced enough bones to run the Industrial Revolution for what now? A hundred years we're on? Hang tight. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. We're playing this climate change piece that I did discussing how bogus the climate change uh, narrative really is and how the folks that are advocating for it don't even believe it applies to themselves. Liberty Roundtable Live.
0: Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with
3: Lance Pride.
4: President Biden is expected to announce a student loan forgiveness program Wednesday. President Trump's financial guru, Steve Moore, on Newsmax last night.
5: I mean, this actually is the nail in the coffers of the student loan program. We are going to tell people, well, you don't have to pay back your loans, but the people in the future have to pay back their loans.
4: Some primary results from Tuesday's elections. In New York, Democrat Representative Jerry Nadler soundly defeated Representative Carolyn Maloney. The two Democrats had to fight each other as New York lost a congressional seat due to people moving out of the state. In Florida, Democrat Val Deming strongly defeated all challengers and will have the opportunity to take on Republican Senator Marco Rubio in November.
2: With your help, I will be elected.
4: With strong help from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, Sarasota County School Board shifted from liberal to conservative on Tuesday. USA Radio News.
0: For eligible individuals 18 and older only, results vary audio effects. Do not simulate actual hearing aid experience. See website for details and important safety information. How are your hearing aids sounding now? A little tinny. Okay, two
2: seconds. With hearing aids from Lively, everything is done remotely in the comfort of your home, from initial testing to adjustments.
0: How are they sounding now?
2: fantastic with lively you get premium bluetooth enabled hearing aids at thousands less than you might expect advanced hearing aid technology is now affordable and convenient your hearing aids are sent right to your door and if you have any issues we'll make adjustments seven days a week for three years no charge oh you people at lively are wonderful with lively hearing aids you get free shipping three years of follow-up care included free plus a three-year warranty with loss and damage coverage You can't lose. I hear better than I ever thought possible. And now through Labor Day, get $300 off all rechargeable hearing aid models. Just go to ListenLively.com. That's ListenLively.com. L-I-S-T-E-N-L-I-V-E-L-Y.com.
4: A roughly two-week search for missing 16-year-old Kylie Rodney came to an end Sunday when dive teams with a Volunteer Search and Rescue Organization said they found her body and vehicle submerged in water near where she disappeared the body has been confirmed as that of kylie as the war in ukraine by russia's invading forces continues into six months both sides are playing with fire and the possibility of a nuclear mishap
0: the u n security council is looking at the troubling situation around a nuclear plant in southern ukraine russian shelling has raised alarms about the possibility of a nuclear catastrophe
5: common sense must prevail to avoid any actions that might endanger the physical integrity, safety, or security of the
0: plant. UN Undersecretary Rosemary DiCarlo calling for military restraint and said the breach of the facility could have catastrophic consequences. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg.
4: USA Radio News.
1: All right, back with the live, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about what is fossil fuels, ladies and gentlemen. They want you to believe that somehow all the bones from animals, you know, billions of years ago are what we're using for our gas. It isn't true, ladies and gentlemen. That alone is an absolute blatant lie. Dr. Jerome Corsi, who we had on the broadcast just recently, highlighted this truth in his book about oil. Oil is created from the mantle of the earth. All right, the earth generates uh, oil. It's not a fossil fuel at all. And that lie literally perpetuates into that's what they pushed is oil. Then they said, oh, now you got to get rid of oil and you got to go to this and that. And, but they tied the dollar to oil. See, everything, every move they make is a mistake. Every move they make goes south. Anyway, the uh, uh, discussion continues. Gas vehicles. When did, when did we start getting gas and, 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 and these things? 100 years, they say we can make the change in three main areas. You ready? Avoiding consumption, shifting consumption, and then uh, what they call improving consumption. In other words, making it more efficient. So think about that. That's their plan. That's the plan. What to avoid they now have. By far, the more effective the most effective thing to avoid involves transport. Okay? So living without a car, avoiding long distance flights. Don't let yourself be misled. Understand issues from experts. Taking fewer flights can have a significant impact on your carbon footprint. Think about that. What to shift? They don't go into more detail than that, but what to shift? Living sustainably is not just about giving things up. Large reductions in emissions can be you can be done by shifting doing things different for example the cost of driving is so polluting public transport walking or cycling could have benefit added benefits for your local health and the environment then they say hey you know what when you farm sheep and cows you got high emissions from the dairies But if you have plants, sustainable diets, a total vegan diet is the best way to do this. But if you move from beef and lamb to pork and chicken, hey, it'll be all good. What to improve? Finally, the things that we do already can be made more efficient by looking at carbon efficiency at home. For example, by using insulation and heat pumps or producing your own energy by installing solar panels. Anyway, then they go on. Folks, these choices aren't going to make any difference. They're not going to make any difference at all. Why? Because we're not even convinced that they're right on that we got to hold the temperature down. We also don't have any real fact-based evidence that our actions are increasing the temperature. It's what's called a scientific assumption at this point. It's at best a hypothesis. It's not a, um, well, maybe you could say it's a theory. It's not factual. But I'm telling you right now, this is what they're going to ram down your throat. This environmental wacko stuff. But did you hear what Ford did? What do they got that? What's that thing called? The Lightning 150? Is that their new truck, Cameron? Ford Lightning 150. They're selling that dude for like $39,000. And you got to wait like three years to get one. I kid you not. There's a huge waiting list for these bad boys. And not only do you got to wait forever to get one, but the Ford company just updated guidance on this. And they said, hey, because of supply chain problems, because of uh, increased costs based on inflation you got the Ford F150 Lightning not only you cannot get it for 3 years or so folks cuz of massive waiting list but now it's going to cost you more so they used to sell the initial ones got sold even though people aren't even taking possession yet the original ones got sold at like 39,000 plus dollars you know what the new ones are you ready You ready to buy at the bottom entry point uh, a pickup for $46,000, Cameron? Cameron's not ready to buy one of those, man, so he's not environmentally friendly, that Cameron over there. Wow. Think about this, folks. It's just insane. And then uh, I speak out, and they say I'm just crazy. But think about that Ford F-150 Lightning. Now, I don't know if you know, but they have what's called the Platinum uh, version. I guess that's just like fully loaded. It's got all the extras, right? How many do you think one of those babies cost? Any idea, Cameron? No, dude. You're going to get off Scott inexpensive on this baby. It's only 97 grand, dude. <laughs> Think about this, folks. The bottom line is the prices are just flat out going up. Ford just raised the price of the F150 Lightning, says CNN ford resumes they stopped even taking orders because they couldn't handle it because of the supply chains now they're taking new orders but it's an increased price why does ford have to hike prices on their quote f-150 uh lightning um but yet the 2023 chevrolet halt um uh, price is concerned much lower than 2022 how does that work any idea Now, they have two versions of this uh, Chevy Volt. They say the entry-level Volt, they call it EV, starts at $26,595. Volt, yeah, okay. They used to have some other car called the Volt or something. Um, with DST, what does that mean? Do you know? wow uh they just have weird stuff on these things you got to study to even understand them they say while well, they bolt euv twenty eight thousand one hundred ninety five dollars do you know what the difference in those are euv and the ev what's the difference with the ev and the euv do you know All right, this is interesting. Anyway, they got all these vehicles, so here's the deal. You will be forced to buy an electric vehicle, ladies and gentlemen. They are going to make sure you're forced to buy one of these babies. They are literally retiring old vehicles from the road. You say, Sam, how are they doing that? There's no laws. No, no, no. All they're doing is making sure that there's no parts for these products anymore. I believe the manufacturers have been involved in this for a long time. You're just being told about it now. But they are not making parts available. You go to a junkyard and you say, I need to replace an engine for like a 1994, um, I don't know, Silverado 1500 or something. And they're like, uh, you know, we don't have one. Or, hey, to replace the engine, it's like five plus thousand dollars It's so expensive to where you won't even get one. You won't buy one. You'll just say, no, because what if I have other problems with the truck? And you will buy choice now. We're going to force you to make a choice. You'll buy choice. You will get rid of your old vehicle and retire it and take it off the road, and then you'll buy a new vehicle. But I got a question. Are these new vehicles less environmentally taxing or less hostile to the environment than the gas vehicles? Is that really true, ladies and gentlemen? Or is it worse? By the time I create all the expensive Capabilities to support electric vehicles with the big batteries, the charging units, all that stuff. I got to have charging units all over the country too, or else when I drive 247 miles and run out of juice, then what? So you got to really ask yourself some questions. Is it really more environmentally friendly? When I then dispose of that vehicle now, is it more intense than a gas engine because of all the battery technology and the da 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 da? And how about to build all that technology in the first place? At the end of the day, is it really better or does it just seem better? Because when you drive down the street, there's no emissions. I submit to you that the emissions aren't gone. They're just now in the creation and the destruction process or whatever you want to call it, the uh, discarding process of owning an electric vehicle. That's where the emissions hit. The in-between it doesn't hit as hard but how much will they then tax you per mile or tax you per what to drive these vehicles, right? Will we get more and more toll roads? What will be the result of all this? Any ideas, Cameron? I think they're gonna force us. Yeah, is an electric vehicle more environmentally friendly than a gas vehicle is the real question that you gotta ask yourself. They want you to believe the answer is yes, right, Um, but I don't know that I believe it, right, than a gas car. Ask yourself that. Is the electric car better than a gas car? Which one's better for you, electric versus gas cars, huh? They say that the EVs have a longer warranty on the car, up to 100,000 miles, or eight years of coverage, usually 50,000 miles. Overall, they say, the lifetime maintenance cost for a gas car could be as high as 9200 bucks. That number drops to half that for the other cars. Do you believe that? yeah i don't know that i believe all that um where do we go with this will we get a choice now other people are saying reasons why gas cars are better than electric Yeah, electric cars have a long way to go before they're considered superior to gas vehicles. Right? It's all a big debate, but it's kind of like, and the reason I highlight this is it's kind of like the climate debate. Are we really that bad for the climate? Are electric cars really better? Everyone wants the best range. Distance matters. How long will it char- take to charge your car's battery if you get this new car, Cameron? They say fast. They say fast charging stations can charge a thirty-minute car to eighty percent capacity, which even isn't, isn't even close to a full charge, by the way. Right. Wow. Electric car prices may skyrocket, right? The problem is that they have tax credits and all kind of things to buy these electric vehicles, making us falsely believe that they're cheaper than they really are. They say electric cars emit no O2 for the atmosphere. But they're not void of fossil fuels, folks right? How are you going to get this all done? What's the primary source of electricity in America? Do you know? Look, let's say I charge my electric vehicle. How is that electric vehicle going to get charged? Any ideas? This is serious. Any ideas? When I charge my electric vehicle that has no emissions, they claim. Forget the emissions that it takes to build the vehicle in the first place and forget the emissions that it takes to properly. um, What do you want to call it? Get rid of those vehicles, recycle those vehicles, whatever you want, whatever word you want to use. But when I charge my car, what am I using to get that electricity? What's the source? When we come back, I want to talk about that for a minute. What's the source? when I charge my electric vehicle of electricity. Do you even know, ladies and gentlemen? I don't think you do. Hang tight.
0: Pursuing Liberty. Using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA
3: Radio News with Lance Pride.
4: The Producer Price Index program measures the average change over time in selling prices received by American producers. Prices for everyday necessities remain at...
1: All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not not sure why it's playing the news, I swear. I thought I cut that all out of the file. I must have somehow missed that piece, but I I swear I thought I cut that all out of the file. Uh, Anyway, long story short, Cameron's going to see if he can't advance it to the right spot here. Uh, you should just have to advance it if it's uh, got that clip of basically three minutes, Cameron, and then we can kind of start it back. I, I thought I got that out of the file. Wow, that's weird. Anyway, I apologize for that, but we're talking about this climate change issue, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's kind of a crazy show. Uh, last couple weeks ago, we had a show that then we had some technical difficulties, but we saved the recording that I did. Uh, and so we wanted to air it later because it's so relevant to some of the points that I've got to make today uh, on the broadcast that I wanted to really be sure that I covered all those details uh, from the previous one. So anyway, now here's the, the continuing of the interview. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm asking you, what are the sources for electricity? All right, when I go charge my electric car, because I'm super environmentally friendly and I got my latest Bolt or my F-150 uh, Lightning there, if I could even get my hands on one of these babies, I charge that sucker up at the charging station at my house or wherever else. Where am I getting the electricity for this? You want to know? All right, I'll tell you. Fossil fuels are by far the largest source of energy for electricity. Generation. Let me say that again. Fossil fuels are by far the largest source of energy for electricity generation. Natural gas, for example, was the largest source at about 38%. Think about that. 38%, okay? Coal, about 22%. Now, that alone, ladies and gentlemen, is literally 38 and 22, as far as I can tell, is 60, right? 60% of your electricity right now is already still fossil fuel. So if I fill up my car, the pump with gas, I'm using fossil fuel. If I go and plug my car in, I'm still using. The $64 million answer, fossil fuel. Do you read me, ladies and gentlemen? So you're being lied to about the reality of this. You just are. Uh, Now, what other sources make up the rest? 19% new energy, is that what they say? 19% nuclear energy. So you can decide if you like nuclear. I'd bring a whole lot more low-powered nuclear plants on if it were me, but they're not doing that either. That's bad. That could create Chernobyl and everything else. It could be a disaster. Wait a minute. 25% petroleum? 0.5% petroleum. All right. What, what are the new energy? What makes up the other 40%? 20 of it's nuclear. Renewables are 20%. Wind, hydro, solar, biomass, geothermal fine how do you make the wind turbines and the solar panels do you make that with electricity or not you think Cameron you got to make it with electricity don't you yeah and what the electricity it fuels that do we go back to natural gas and coal around the world they say 37% approximately Fossil fuels, right? Look up fossil fuels. What percent of the world's energy, right? Right? It's amazing. When you really start to dig into this, you go, okay, Forbes says fossil fuels still supply 84% of world energy. Look that up on Forbes. June 21st, 2020. All right. Worldwide, what percent is renewable sources, Cameron? You got to take it out of that 14 or 16% left over, right? Folks, fossil fuels make up 84% of the global energy market. Now, the next question for stupid people like me would be this, if that's true, if fossil fuels still supply 84% of world energy, according to Forbes, then uh, can I even make a dent in this in my lifetime? Is it really even possible for me to do anything about this? Say I get solar panels on my house tomorrow, I don't even know with my solar panels how much energy I'm saving. Because when you produce solar panels and then when you um attract the sun with solar panels, how much hotter does it make it near me where I'm at? How many how much how much increase of temperature will it be if I have a solar panel uh, in other words an, an attracting sun device on the top of my house and I'm literally pulling in the sun so to speak, right? Will it make my house hotter, do you think, or colder to do that? you got to wonder these things, folks. you got to ask yourself some questions. Um, But will these other countries even comply and do this as well? What percent of these countries even have the finances or the ability to make this transition, even if they wanted to? In other words, even if we were all environmentalists, even if we all completely agreed with the solutions... Is there money to make this kind of transition? 84% of the world's energy is still literally fossil fuels. And in America, it's 60%, right? And even the other renewable percentages use fossil fuels as well, right? Like, you don't, know, when you talk solar panel or when you talk wind turbines, you're not out of fossil fuels entirely. Just to build those things into properly, discard them takes fossil fuel right so even these energy sources that they're claiming have these percentages of use are they counting the crank up or the build the installation and then the quote discarding or recycling or whatever of all these along the way and how does that figure into it I don't know but I look at this and say this is insanity folks but that's where we're headed you want to know why I submit to you that it's all about the Great Reset. This is not about saving energy. This is not about being good stewards of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a reality check. Fossil fuels, I don't believe there's such a thing, but if you buy that lie, or no matter what you look at it, using oil and natural gas and other fuels, it's literally 84% of world energy usage, according to Forbes magazine. Biden's, quote, great reset by stealth on climate change is what's really going on. It isn't about the environment. It's about them controlling us. All right, so we talked about this, Calabasas, California. The celebs are among the worst water wasters, experts now say. All right, listen carefully to what I'm about to say to you. Kim Kardashian, Courtney Kardashian, Kevin Hart, Sylvester Stallone, and Dwayne Wade, the well-known former NBA player, all used in excess of 1.4 million gallons of water. In the months of May and June, they received notices from the Los... I don't know how you say this, Los Virginis water district? Concerning the excess usage, that's according to the LA Times. The review of documents that they acquired through the California Public Records Act is where they got the information. So what are these big actors and actresses using so much water for? Answer, they don't believe that it applies to them. It only applies to you and me. You see, for example, Steven Spielberg's private jet usage Hints where his heart lies on climate change. The fact is, they're all for ratcheting you and I down to third world status. They're all interested in creating the Great Reset along with Joe Biden. Turn us into a third world nation. But they still want to have their elite lifestyles where it applies to me and you and not to them. It's a shame, ladies and gentlemen. I've got great news, though. Anthony Fauci says he's going to resign from the CDC. Well, we better not let him get away with resigning before we criminally charge him for his evils in office, if you will. I'll tell you that right now. All right. One hour of the can. Second hour coming up. I'm Sam Bushman. God bless all of you. We declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundTable.com. Donate liberally, would you please? God save the Republic of the United States of America.
0: Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. show.
1: All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans, Sam Bushman, live on your radio. Hard-hitting talk continues. This is the broadcast for August 24th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is hour two of two and the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property. To promote God, family, and country, to do so in the traditions of our founding fathers, using the blueprint for liberty, the Constitution, for the United States of America. Promoting God, family, and country always, the core of what we do and who we are. Whenever people ask me about the broadcast, hey, what do you talk about on the radio? And, are you Republican? Are you Democrat? Are you this or that? I Look, I, no, 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 I'm none of that. Our founders warned us against partisan politics. Here's how it is. If it's constitutional, I like it, and if it's not, I hate it. Is that all right? And almost everybody agrees with me on that. All right, folks, an interesting study came out. I find this fascinating and I want to kind of, you know, highlight this for a second. A new study's out and it says, quote, obsessively watching the news can make you physically and mentally sick. Now, I appreciate that they do a study on this, but it seems to me like a waste of money. Uh, Let me be very clear. You know, we've always grown up in our lives and you hear that moderation is a good thing. Excess is a bad thing, whatever it is. Even moderation in drinking water is advised, right? Drink two gallons of water, you're going to get sick and throw up or end up with diarrhea or who knows what. You're going to get all sick, right? Too much water, waterlogged, overload. Um, Moderation in all things is wise. Taking things to excess is not wise. So I can tell you right now, anything you take to obsess obsessively whatevering, it isn't going to be good for you. So I appreciate the study, but I think these scientists are a little bit ignorant and naive, to say the least. Come on now. Of course, if you digest the news too much, you're going to be made physically and mentally sick. It's an obvious reality check, is it not, ladies and gentlemen? And so that's uh, really kind of interesting to me that they do this big old study on it. But let me add insult to injury for a second, because not only does it make you sick to take anything to, obsess- to obsession or to extreme, uh, but the news, especially because the news cycle is so doggone negative, right? It is just negative. So-and-so killed so-and-so. So-and-so raped so-and-so. Some, uh, so-and-so crossed the border illegal. Somebody destroyed property. Somebody went crazy with a gun. Somebody... You know, it's just negative. Nancy Pelosi's husband just got a DUI. Yeah, five days in jail, three years probate. You know, hey, um, Ken Cromar just lost his house. It goes on and on and on. Yeah, the government's going to hire 87,000 more goons armed to the teeth to keep an eye on you. You know, it's all just so destructive, so discouraging, so negative, so problematic, right? It's just amazing. And so all I can tell you is, folks, that in my mind, um, of course, the news is going to make you physically and mentally sick if you spend too much time on it. However, if you reduce your news consumption, if you reduce your social media interactions, if you focus on the new media taking center stage rather than yesteryear media, then you're going to get a lot more positive mental attitude about America, okay? You're going to get a lot more positive information. For example, how negative am I when it comes to the news? I don't think I'm very negative. I think, I yes, I highlight some very disturbing content. I focus on some very weighty topics for discussion. There's no doubt about all that. I absolutely do however at the end of the broadcast I leave you with hope at the start of every broadcast we do our best to infuse hope I don't preach the negativity of America I preach that America is the greatest country on the face of the earth I preach that when good people get involved wonderful things happen I highlight that God and family and country are the solutions so when you talk about solutions radio the way we do When you engender hope throughout the broadcast as we take painstaking efforts to do, it's not so negative. So here, look, I tell you, hey, there's a new study out that says obsessing on the news can make you physically and mentally sick. And then I give you solutions. I say, look, all you got to do is back off from watching the news, especially the mainstream negative news. All you got to do is reduce your social media interactions. All you got to do is pay attention to the new media taking center stage, which is a lot more hopeful, honest, encouraging. I mean, how often do we tell you on this radio program, ladies and gentlemen, take courage. Don't lose hope. We on God's side win in the end. Family is where your comfort, your strength, your solutions are. If you've got a dysfunctional family, reach out to friends and loved ones and people in your church and people at work that can help you have um, the best relationships, uh, in other words, a family away from home the best you can, okay? We talk about a lot of that stuff and give people tons of courage, okay? But let me give you an example to make the point even more poignant, if you will. I just got a couple of emails. And the first one is from uh, a group, and they say, is this the end of America? And they're just referring to all that's going on right now, right? all the craziness is this the end of america they ask not my response not only no but heck no how are we seeing some dark times and some dark things and some scary things absolutely we are but you know what through the world's history they've experienced those kinds of things this isn't anything new i know it's disturbing i know it's frustrating i know it's concerning i know it, it, it could create fear if you're not careful But how often have we talked on this broadcast, jettison fear and embrace hope? Have faith in God. He's still in charge. Have faith in your fellow men and women that we can stand together. Okay, we talk about this all the time. So is this the end of America? What a negative question. You could say, well, it's a fair question, Sam, with times being so tough. I agree it's a fair question, but it's a negative question, right? Is this the end of America? Why don't we ask the question differently? If we did, we might get a little bit more of a cheerful kind of a, an outlook and a response, right? Hey, is that glass half empty, Cameron? Cameron responds and says, no, sir, it's half full in my world. And you're darn right. That's the exact point that I'm making. So is this the end of America? What a negative question. And the very question engenders what their attitude or beliefs are on it. No, this is not the end of America. Let me point the question out differently. Ready? Here's another question that I got asked from the Republican polling organization GOP polling GOP polls asks me this negative question. Are you ready? Do you believe America's best years are in the past? Is this the end of America do you believe America's best years are in the past? Do you want to respond to that cam? Think of those two negative questions. Is this the end of America? And do you believe America's best years are in the past Cameron says no to both. Boy, howdy, do I agree. But see, even the answer is negative. It's positive because it's we believe differently, but it's negative because it's a no, right? But that's because of the way they phrased the questions. Two negative questions, you get an answer that's positive, but it's negative in its response, right? Cameron's outlook is positive because he says, no, I don't believe that. What does he believe then? Well, he believes the opposite which we'll get into in a second, but I'm pointing out even the answer no is a negative answer, no. Let me ask the questions differently and see if I get a yes. Are you ready? Do you believe that America is a great nation and because of the genius of the people and God Almighty's hand on this wonderful country, that if we keep his commandments, we can prosper and our best days are ahead of us? What do you say to that, Cameron? He says, absolutely, yes, yes. Do you see what we've done now, ladies and gentlemen? Do you believe America's best years are in the future? I do, ladies and gentlemen. Do I believe America's done? No, I don't, not for one second. I believe America's got some rough patches we're going through, without a doubt. And I believe some of them are very dire situations from a morality point of view. But I also believe that we can turn to God. We can repent. There is hope. This is the greatest country on the face of the earth. There are wonderful things in our lives this very moment happening all around us. The problem is the mainstream yesteryear lamestream media makes it so negative that if you, if you watch too much of it, it makes you physically and mentally sick. And they even did a study to prove it. And I'm coming back and saying, look, it's all their fault in a sense because of the way they go about it. Why don't we ask positive questions? Do you believe there's hope in the future of America? I, for one, deliver a resounding yes, indeed. Do you believe that America can prosper? Answer, absolutely on one condition, that we keep the commandments of Almighty God. Yeah, I can tell you that if we turn our back on God, family, and country, it's going to get negative fast. I'll agree with that. But that isn't the narrative, folks. It isn't written in the stars. That isn't true. We are not predestined for failure. We are foreordained by God Almighty for success. He put us on this earth. He loves us. He asks us to obey him and keep his commandments. He puts these commandments in place not to ratchet us down or shut us down or harm us. He puts these commandments in place to protect us to save us from our natural man state, to allow us to be saved by turning to Jesus Christ, the savior of the world. So let me ask the question this way. Do you believe Jesus Christ has the power to save the world? Absolutely I do. And if you believe that then, if he can save me and you, can he save this country? Without a doubt he can. Make no mistake about that, my fellow Americans. See the difference? You're listening to Liberty Roundtable Live.
2: Dad, can you make him stop?
0: Honey, he needs to practice.
2: He's been at it an hour.
0: Well, just trying to be patient.
3: Dad, it sounds like a cat calling for help or something.
2: Worse, a basement full of cats. Yeah. You know, hon, it is a little hard on the ears.
0: Not you, too.
2: Well, maybe we can all play a game. Andrew, do you want to play a board game? Uh, how about we watch a video? Hide and seek? Oh, I don't know, I give up.
3: Maybe we could all just sneak out of the house.
2: Honey, he's nine years old. We can't leave him home alone. And we can make him practice with a sock.
4: Well, I guess we'll have to get some ice cream.
2: Did I hear someone say ice cream?
0: Family, isn't it about time?
2: Oh, I see the practice hasn't hurt your ears. Well, I'm a serious musician. Funny that you never seem to get better on that thing. Works every time.
5: From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
3: Hey, uh, where would all these cats come from?
1: Alright, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So, I really want you to think about what I'm saying right now. The mainstream has become so negative, even the GOP pollsters are saying, hey, (laughs) are the best days of America behind us? I don't want to think like that, ladies and gentlemen. I don't want to look at the world as half, as the glass being half empty viewpoint. I don't believe in it. I don't believe that kind of narrative. I think the world is a great place. The world was created by God. Do you understand that? And therefore, I don't believe in just the negative stuff. Yes, there's hard times. Yes, this life is a test. No doubt about it, ladies and gentlemen. Right? But let's not go negative. Let's not go negative, ladies and gentlemen. Please, because it just breeds more discouragement, more sadness, right? I don't want any part of that negativity. I don't want any part of looking at the world like that. No wonder. No wonder people are like sick. Do you blame them? You just digest so much negativity, so much destruction and despair and discouragement and dishonor. And I mean, when you get done with the news, you can't trust anybody, right? You don't have any hope left. Because they're so negative, right? I want to think of the world as a positive place. I believe the world's a great place. And I believe America is the greatest country on the earth. And I believe we as Christians have a sacred mission, ladies and gentlemen. You heard me. I believe we have a sacred mission as Christians. What is that sacred mission? That sacred mission is to realize we've been born in the freest country on the face of the earth. You say, Sam, no. Expert study. There's more freedom in other countries than there is in America. Stop telling me lies, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, there are countries that have some freedoms we don't have. I get it. I agree. But remember, the Constitution, with its checks and balances, the strong families, the right to keep and bear arms, puts us ahead of almost every other country on the planet, even if they have temporarily more freedoms than we have right now. They don't have the so- the seeds of solution, or what I like to call it. They don't have the seeds of solution. They don't have the, the fundamental principles built into their founding documents, the supreme law of their land, the seeds of solution. In other words, we can go back to what made America great, using the checks and balances. No other country has that ability, if you will, right? No other country that I know of literally has that ability to go back. They have freedom now, but it can be taken away in an instant. And There's not any real fundamental um, supreme law or whatever to maintain freedom. It's just lost because of a tyrant in power, right? That's the problem. And I I really think we need to be uh, paying attention to this reality. You know what I mean, my fellow Americans? We really need to double down and think about that very critically. Because I believe our sacred duty, our sacred mission as Christians is that fundamental point, which is this. We are the greatest Christian nation on the face of the earth. We believe Jesus Christ lived a sinless life, was killed by wickedness and evil, but had the seeds of Godhood in him to where he had power over death, thus the great resurrection. And because he lives, he invites us to follow him and live again after death as well. That fundamental truth should be taught worldwide. We should be a beacon on a hill to preach. The good news, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah, you have too much negative news and you get all sick and depressed. What about celebrating the good news of Christ and his authority and power to conquer death and his ultimate godhood status that he loves us? that he cares for us, that he's given us guidance to keep us safe in this life. And then I believe God's hand, as Benjamin Franklin wisely pointed out, is on this nation. What a fundamental change in understanding the Founding Fathers had. Can a nation rise without his aid, Ben Franklin asked, and boy, howdy, is he right? No, of course not. But if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world, can he save me personally? Absolutely. Can he save this nation from destruction by those evil jackals who would destroy liberty at every turn if they can? Well, they've been trying to destroy America for ever since its founding. They've been trying to shut down the saints of Almighty God uh, from before this world was. You've read of, of the Great War in Heaven. In the Bible right so we know there's enemy all around we know there's a lot of negativity we know this life is a test to see if we'll follow the commandments of God Almighty we know all those things but we still say bless God we celebrate God Almighty the author of our Liberty and as a result then we have to be positive the Prince of Peace who we follow clearly instructs us to be of good cheer. So you know what? If you listen to Liberty Roundtable live, some days you're busy, so you read the notes on libertyroundtable.com, lovingliberty.net. You listen as you can while you're going to and from work or whatever else. You read the notes and some parts maybe you find more interesting or compelling than others and so you focus on that. Okay, that's the kind of stuff. That if you do, you're not going to be all negative and down in the dumps of the news and all physically and mentally sick. You're going to be empowered and encouraged. I'm going to tell you to take courage for God's in his heavens and he has not forgot about we, his children. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to make sure that we have a bright future, a bright future indeed, right? So I want you to listen to my words, and I want you to humbly pray about what I have to say and ask yourself, is there a God? I say there is. Does he love us, and does he acknowledge and remember us? Absolutely, he is, and he does. Will he care for me? Absolutely. But you've got to be the one to use your agency to open the door and turn to Christ. He won't force his will upon you. God respects agency. That's your ability to choose. Right. And so understand that we must turn to God. We must keep his commandments. And then God and family can be the pillars as we build and rebuild the greatest country on the face of the earth. We can become a beacon on a hill once again, ladies and gentlemen. So I say shame on the GOP pollsters. Shame on these. Do you believe the best years of America are in the past or this idea is this the end of America? I reject all that, ladies and gentlemen. And I have a positive outlook that says, I believe in America. I believe America's got some bad patches on it. You know, slavery was never good. The abuse of the uh, blacks and the Native Americans, and never good. The abuse of the Mormons, the members of the Church of Jesus Christ, the Latter-day Saints back in the day, never good. You know, there's some bad spots. But as a whole, I believe America's a great nation. And in many ways, it's trending in a very good, 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 good way. We need to embrace that good. We need to stand up in the culture war against the bad without a doubt. We've got work to do, right? But I submit to you that even with the bad spots of America, even with the people that have been wronged, we should look at America and her founding as a blessing from God. And then we should look at the bad parts and say, let's make sure we never repeat those. But let's take all the good, that we can find, and let's move forward in faith and hope and trust in God Almighty. And let's rebuild the greatest country on the face of the earth, built on the principles of God, family, and country. Built upon the checks and balances of the Constitution. Built upon the idea of innocent until proven guilty. Built upon the idea of not only checks and balances, but due process of law. Built on all these fundamentals that our founders fought so hard to defend and protect and articulate and educate regarding, right? Right? And we can take courage and we can really indeed restore the Republic and the traditions of our founders. We can preserve this nation. We can wait till our King Jesus Christ returns again. This nation, I personally believe, was founded by the founding fathers under the inspiration of Almighty God to prepare a people to welcome the Savior Jesus Christ upon his return. America will not be lost. This nation shall endure. I got a lot more coming up. Hang tight. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Take courage, my fellow patriots. Take courage.
0: Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride.
4: Len Dawson, who led the Kansas City Chiefs to a victory in Super Bowl IV, passed away Wednesday at 87. Back in the day when gambling allegations surfaced from an acquaintance, Len responded.
0: And they were trying to determine what to do about the situation. And I can remember they're all sitting around. I said, why don't we tell them the truth?
4: Mr. Dawson was elected into the Hall of Fame both as a player and as a broadcaster. Former Louisville Metro Police Detective Kelly Hannah Goodlett pled guilty Tuesday to one count of conspiracy to violate the civil rights of Brianna Taylor for helping falsify an affidavit or the search of her apartment that ended in her death. Brianna's mother, Tamika Palmer, after the plea. Brianna made a post uh, that said, Take me to a place that I can't even imagine. Wow. Brianna has taken us all to a place that we can't even imagine. That's good. USA
2: Radio News. We are excited to introduce our newest advertiser, Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming. Their products are precision engineered tools for your family jewels. Now I can already hear many of you wincing or crossing your legs, but we've all been trimming and then ouchie wow! That's why over 6 million men worldwide already trust Manscaped. And now, Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0 has arrived. First, you get the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the greatest down-there trimmer ever and features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. It's waterproof and has an LED spotlight for a more precise shave. The Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker nose An ear hair trimmer. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. Get with the program and take your grooming to the next level. Get your Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 and take 20% off and get free shipping with the code USA Radio at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code USA Radio.
4: As part of the Artemis I mission set to launch on August 29th, the Space Launch System, the most powerful rocket ever built, will eventually catapult the Orion spacecraft further into space than any human-built vehicle intended to carry astronauts. The late August SLS mission will be carrying a secondary payload, a series of shoebox-sized satellites that will be jettisoned as it travels towards the moon. Some Baltimore voters are now getting their 2020 ballots.
2: More than two dozen Baltimore voters received their 2020 election ballots earlier this month after the U.S. Postal Service discovered a tray of undelivered mail nearly two years too late. According to Just the News, the Baltimore City Board of Elections is working to figure out why the ballots were delivered late. President Biden won the heavily Democrat city by a landslide, about eight votes to every one for then-President Donald Trump. In the USA Radio News Midwest Bureau, I'm Katie Lewis.
4: USA Radio News.
1: I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. I believe in America, and I do believe that if you focus on too much negative news, it'll make you sick physically and mentally. And I think what you need to do is take a step back, have less social media interactions, less video games, less computer and online and screen and video time, and more traditional reading of books and spending time with people. Not virtual reality, but person-to-person legitimate communication and relationships. This is not the end of America, ladies and gentlemen. The whole question is abhorrent. Do I believe America's best years are in the past? I think we've had incredible years in the past, but I think our best years are ahead of us is what I think. Uh, there you have that, ladies and gentlemen. It's just my opinion to which I'm entitled, right? I believe America is a great country. Yeah, we've got some problems that we got to work through. I get it. But I'm not giving up on America. Or you? I'm not giving up on America. I believe America is a wonderful place, and I get that it's discouraging at times. I understand all that, but I also understand that, look, the enemies of liberty want you to be done with America, to believe that America is over, to have a negative attitude, to hate the flag. They want all those things to be the case. In that, they win. Satan wants to destroy your tie to God Almighty, and he wants to destroy your tie to a great country and to a great family. That's what God, or I'm sorry, that's what Satan wants to have happen. God Almighty wants you to have a relationship with him, to have a strong family and support on this earth and country. He wants America to be a beacon on a hill. His hand is still with this nation to some degree. What do we got to do for his hand to be on America even greater? We've got to do what the Bible tells us to do. The Bible says if we turn to God and keep his commandments, if we repent and follow him, he will heal our land and protect us. That biblical promise is critical. So don't believe the lies that America's done. Stick a fork in it. The fat lady's already sung. Don't believe the lies that it's already, you know, hey, our best days are behind us. And we're going down. It's all bad. Everything is horrible. Your kids aren't safe. Everybody's going to just betray everybody. Everything's a destruction for filthy lucre. Okay, don't believe all those lies. Believe the truth, which is God is in his heavens and he's in charge. Yes, Satan has a season to run around and tempt us all and to to try to, to, to destroy us. But we who turn to God have the strength with God's support putting on the armor of God to rebuff or reject Satan, to say, as the Savior said while he was alive, get thee behind me, Satan. And we can focus on good, right, morality, honor, integrity, solutions, hope, hope, faith, charity, right? We can focus on all these incredible principles that absolutely can change the game. A little bit of light, ladies and gentlemen, in a dark room, is shockingly obvious. Well, that's true with the light of Christ, that if we become followers of, disciples of Christ, we can convey a little bit of that light. We can reflect that light. We don't generate it. God gives it to us. But we can use that light of Christ to bless others. We can put our little ounce of light in a dark place and change the game. Yes, we can borrow a phrase from Barack Obama even. We can and will restore the greatest country on the face of the earth, but it's going to be a lot of hard work, you know. Anyway, so this I did, you believe the best years of America are in the past, not even maybe. I just find the whole line of questioning from so-called conservatives that ought to know better, very concerning. I believe that America's best days are ahead of us. If we, the people, choose wisely, choose to follow God and keep his commandments, choose to stay with our families. When a man and a woman get together and make children, stay with that man or a woman. Stay with those children. Do those things that can build strong families. Remember, the family is the fundamental unit of society, ladies and gentlemen. That fundamental unit of society is the core of it all. The society, or the country, if you will, just reflects the strength of the families. You want America to be stronger? Then you gotta make your family stronger. You gotta encourage those around you to do the same. If people don't have families or people have dysfunctional families, then reach out to them in love as neighbors and become their family. Treat them like family. Treat them like your brothers and sisters who they truly are, they're God's children too. Okay, we can do this folks, but it's gonna take courage. And I believe that you have courage. I believe sometimes we all get kind of sidetracked and it gets lost in the minutia and the complications of life and the negative drumbeat by the press and everything else to where it's like easy to get off center. No fear, ladies and gentlemen, we all get off center from time to time. We all get thinking negative. It happens to the best of us because we're human. But you can always say, you know what? I'm going to reject that narrative. And instead of looking inward with discouragement, I'm going to look outward with courage, and I'm going to find a way to bless someone's life. I'm going to be involved in random acts of kindness. When I see somebody be rude as a waitress or a waiter at a restaurant, and I'm, I'm just thinking, you know what? They're a jerk. You can think that way and just return evil for evil. Or you can say, you know what? They're probably having a hard day. There's something probably amiss in their lives that are really, that's really giving them trouble. I'm going to give them a smile and a thank you and tell them that they did a great job. Or I'm going to give them an extra tip and say, thank you. I know you're having a hard day. Okay, simple things like that, paying it forward in lines at, at fast food restaurants. Or, or just a smile makes some a difference. Just a little quick-witted joke makes a difference. I'll give you an example to kind of make the point. I was out of town recently. And I was with uh, my son-in-law, Zach, who works for me. And we were together, and we literally um, went to this place and got some food at, like, a grocery store. Because they have hot food and stuff, and it was, it was uh, anyway. So we went there, and we got this food, and they put these stickers on it that said how much this weighed, this macaroni salad, and, and how much each chicken thigh was, and what all these different things that we got. And then we started to go, and we said, hey, can we pay up front? And they said, sure. And then we said, well, where do we get some napkins? And they pointed over there, and they said, you can go sit over there. There's tables over there and everything. So we got excited and went over there and sat at the table and started eating well, we realized that we did not even pay for our food. It wasn't intentional. We didn't intentionally do anything wrong. We just, you know. So when we got done eating, we went up to the lady and we said, we are so sorry. Um, We are so excited to eat this food that we didn't even pay for it. But here's the lid of this. And here's the sticker on the bag from that. And here's what we ate. And can you, you know, charge us? And she laughed and smiled and and we said we didn't mean to steal the food, and she just said, no big deal, boys. And, and you know she was happy and cheerful. We made her smile because we were goofy. We didn't mean to get it all mixed up or whatever and not pay. We would never intentionally dine and dash. But circumstantially, uh, it was very strange because you're in a grocery store, first of all. It's not really a restaurant. You get your food, and then you're supposed to go to the front and pay for it. But the area that you go sit and eat was backed by where we were in the first place. So anyway, it was a little bit of confusion, but it was a little bit of fun, and we kind of laughed, and she laughed, and we kind of had some jokes, and then we left. And I hope that brought a smile to her face, these two goofy guys that are doing their best, that are just like, oh my gosh, we forgot to pay, and we want to be honest and do right by this and that, and you would think that would cheer people up, but that's what we need to be about, ladies and gentlemen. We need to be ministers of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? We need to truly take our discipleship seriously if we're true followers of Christ, what does that mean? That means when you get baptized, you agree to bear one another's burdens, right? So when someone's having a hard day, don't kick them with their town. When someone's having a hard day, try to lift their spirits in some way. It doesn't always have to be money. It could be service, it could be a smile, it could be a laugh, it could be appreciation, it could be a thank you. So oftentimes when somebody does a good job for me at a place, I always say, hey, where's your boss? And they always kind of go, oh, boy. And and then they give me their boss, and I tell their boss, I say, you know what? This person deserves a raise. They've been doing a phenomenal job for us, and we really appreciate it. Can you please just make sure they know that they're doing a good job? And if you can give them a raise, please do. They deserve it. They're doing great. I just want you to know that. And you know what? It changes people's worlds, folks, when you take action like that. Most of the time when a manager gets involved in something, it's for negative. It's for problems. It's for but what happens if it's just all positive? Hey, I just wanted you to come over here. I want to just tell you that your employee is doing a phenomenal job. I thank you for having them work for you, for them doing a good job. And for you guys are doing great, man. I just want you to know that. Thank you. And people just, they walk over a little bit concerned going, oh, boy. And then they leave with a big smile on their face. And the employee has a big smile on their face. And it, you can pass up the chain good news, positive views gratitude and appreciation for things this is what we the american people can do if we but have a mind to it happens on an individual basis though you can choose to be happy you can be of good cheer you can follow the prince of peace you can preach that america is the greatest country on the face of the earth not because we're better people than anybody else other nations can embrace the principles that we have and be great too so I don't want the greatness of America to be at the expense of another country. That doesn't have to be. The pie is big enough for all of us, ladies and gentlemen. Do you believe that? Because I do. Jettison the news that makes you sick. And stand with those who have a positive attitude. My glass is more than half full. I'll tell you why in a second on your radio.
5: Roe versus Wade has resulted in some of the most permissive abortion laws anywhere in the world. For example, in the United States, it's one of only seven countries to allow elective late-term abortions, along with China, North Korea, and others. Right now, in a number of states, the laws allow a baby to be born from his or her mother's womb in the ninth month. It is wrong. It has to change. Americans are more and more pro-life. You see that all the time. In fact, only 12% of Americans support abortion on demand at any time. Under my administration, we will always defend the very first right in the Declaration of Independence, and that is the right to life.
1: back July ladies and gentlemen so I want to be of good cheer I want to be of a hopeful heart and it's really hard when there's negative news everywhere but I'm gonna give you some information that I think it all depends on how you take the news and how you look at the news that matters headline says this two years after election Baltimore Maryland post office just now finds 2020 ballots. We deeply regret regret the late delivery of these mail pieces. So now you have election problems, folks. <clears throat> you could say, well, this wasn't fraud. It was just a mistake by the post office. And my response is, I agree. Nevertheless, these voters were disenfranchised, right? And as a result, then my question for the post office would be how many more ballots have you misplaced? Eh? Well that's a weird question because you don't know what you don't know, right? If they knew these ballots were delayed, would they have got them there earlier or would they have done something about it or was they or were they intentionally delayed? I don't know. But I'll tell you this. We now at Truth the Vote and other organizations are getting examples of more and more evidence that the post office has not been delivering ballots on time. And there's caches of ballots all over the country in a variety of post offices that are in question. And you can say that's not vote fraud because nobody intended fraud. We don't know that yet. What we know is people got disenfranchised and people who thought they voted ended up not voting. Well, Sam, it it wouldn't have changed the election anyway. You don't know that because you don't know how many are missing. If you just discovered these ballots that I just mentioned in Baltimore, Maryland, and I hear evidence of that in Colorado and other places, how do you know how many ballots are missing? You don't know. How many dead people voted? You don't know. How many criminals voted? I don't know. But you can ask Governor Rick, I'm sorry, Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis will tell you that there was people who are criminals who are voting in his state that just got arrested. So now you start to look at the criminals across the country, the people that voted in nursing homes that didn't really have the knowledge or the capacity, the wherewithal to vote, the dead people voting, the criminals, the people in nursing homes, the missing ballots from the post office. And how much do all these little things add up to nationwide? I don't know. Would it have changed the outcome of the election? Again, I don't know. But when we tell you these things are true, don't mock us and abuse us As the messenger take heed to our call and our warning and say I too want honest elections what can we do to work on improving the process going forward well now there's evidence that the machines have problems oh yeah that's right think about it there's more and more evidence that these electri- or electronic machines are not good. They're now discovering that a lot of these machines that have been used in the elections are outdated and had to be recalibrated and had problems. Okay, now, let me stop everyone there for a second. Don't look at me and shoot the messenger. Say to yourself, hey, I want honest elections, too. And if there are allegations of election fraud, of vote fraud, let's pursue and run to ground the truth on every one of them. And that, my fellow Americans, is the good news. What they would say is, Sam, you're being super negative. But I I disagree. I completely disagree. All right? Why do I say that, folks? Because if we hear of problems, but we research it and get to the bottom of them, if we arrest criminals that voted, even though there may not be enough to change an election, when you do that, you're restoring our confidence in the elections. Rick DeSant- or I'm sorry, Ron DeSantis, uh, is arrested these people, and it gives me more confidence in Florida that they will have honest elections. When I hear that they're cleaning up their voter rolls, it gives me confidence. When I hear that we're going to allow more vote watchers to keep track and tabulate, it gives me hope and confidence. Now, don't call me and tell me it's not enough, Sam. I know it's not enough, but I, I'm going to reward every good act and every righteous attempt. Whether it's enough or not, I don't I'm, I don't care. I want more, obviously, but I'm willing to reward every good thing that I find. And I'm just telling you, when the post office admits to uh, having ballots that are bogus that didn't get delivered on time. Two years after election, the Baltimore, Maryland post office just now finds 2020 ballots. They could have buried that up, covered it up, and never admitted it. But the fact that they're admitting to it tells me that our scrutiny on these elections is working. That our efforts do matter. That we can make a difference. That we can move the needle towards liberty, towards transparency, towards accountability. I don't think without the election scrutiny we provided that Ron DeSantis would be arresting these people. I don't think we'd find out the problems of the machines and find out that dead people are voting and people that are in nursing homes without the uh, mental capacity to vote are voting. Somebody's voting for them. I don't think we would discover all these anomalies in our systems without the scrutiny we're providing. So while they attack us and abuse us for wanting to have honest elections, for us to have integrity in our election process, while they attack us, the good news is that we're making progress. Are we making enough progress to offset the negative? I don't know yet. Time will tell. But I will say this, if enough American people get involved, we absolutely will. Your involvement, your agency, your Standing with us for solutions matters. I'll tell you that right now. Because we wouldn't know half of what we know if we didn't have researchers that dug in and figured this out. How many people, for example, are going to be watching the ballot boxes now? More than ever. We need to get rid of the ballot boxes, I agree. But at least more scrutiny on the ballot boxes is better than nothing, right? So we need to take courage and hope. and We need to give credit where credit's due. And even though sometimes it's far from what we want, At least there's an effort. At least people are talking about it. At least people are creating accountability, and there's greater oversight than there's ever been in elections in America. All right, next headline that I find interesting says this, future criminals could be monitored by chips in their brain. Experts now claim the Sun has the article, and I guess it's called neurotechnology. I don't know if you know what neurotechnology is. I didn't until I studied for this article a little bit. Neurotechnology is the field of science of outfitting electronic devices for integration with the nervous system and the human brain. Now, you say, why do you bring that up, Sam? Because it's very interesting. Um, Technology is neither good nor bad, ladies and gentlemen. Technology just exists. If it's in the hands of good people, technology can be very good indeed. But if it's in the hands of the bad guys, technology, technology can go south in a hurry, right? So I want to be on the forefront of this discussion. And I want to say we need to be very careful whose hands we let this technology be in. And the current, um, whatever you want to call it, powers that be, I'm not comfortable with this technology being in their hands at all because they've proven themselves to be nothing but tyrants um, could the neurotechnology uh, be used to outfit people for good absolutely you can have all kinds of chips that could monitor people's health uh, and the chemicals in people's brains uh, take people who have psychotic episodes and and possibly put you know the right uh, supports for their brains and for their bodies and for their you know, organs that could really make a difference, alerting us of when problems occur. You know, chips could do a wonderful thing. Science could do a wonderful thing for the body. But if it falls into the wrong hands, ladies and gentlemen, it can also be used for tyranny. For example, just imagine if you had a brain implant that was somehow electronically tied to a bracelet of some kind. And whenever you thought thoughts of freedom and liberty, it would shock you. And when you thought about socialism and communism it rewarded you and made you feel happy because it added a little bit of dopamine to your brain it was like hey this is this is sexy this gets me high i believe in tyranny i believe in socialism whenever you think liberty you kind of get sick to your stomach now you say sam that's just sci-fi crazy talk believe it or not there's a book written about this very thing called the freedom factor which was a book of fiction that highlighted a very scenario similar to this years ago it was written probably 40 years ago or something 45 years ago. I don't know exactly. But that book highlights something that was just sci-fi at the time. But now they're saying they have the technology to make it happen. Yeah, whenever uh, Cameron wants to pay off his debt, they'll just give him a little jolt. Bad idea, friend. Whenever he wants to get more debt, they'll just put a little dopamine in his brain and say, yeah, good boy. It's almost like Pavlov's Pavlov's dogs on steroids, right? very scary in the hands of wicked people ladies and gentlemen so uh, there's more talk now of implants of all kinds whether it be a, a scanner in your hand for finances something in your brain to control your um, behavior slash emotions neurotechnology is what it's called it's the field of science that outfits electronic devices for integration with our nervous system and the human brain with our organs, and couldn't do good, yes, but it could also do a lot of very scary things. Beware. Anyway, I wanted to bring that up. Now, again, you can bring it up, you can tell how evil it is, and you can really get people scared, and in fear, and panic, and everything else. I don't want to do that. I want to tell you this technology exists, and then I want to influence you. I want to be an influencer, folks, to use a new media term. And I wanna encourage all of you to watch this technology and make sure that it's being used properly, if at all. Well, Sam, how do I do that? You educate, 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 that's how. You let Americans know the truth. You spread the word about this talk show. You spread the word about other talk shows that are valuable and other ways to learn. The great education system is the solution. Our founding fathers were very interested in education. They didn't want communist education, compulsory education, but they believed in, and I believe in, education. Remember, a little bit of light, a little bit of truth makes the cockroaches scramble, and that makes us successful. They want you to believe it's all for naught, but they lie. That's Satan's plan, to tell the big lie. The truth is, we have tremendous hope. It is not all for naught. Jesus Christ will return. And when the Prince of Peace returns, I, if I'm alive, hope to be there to greet him. And if I'm not alive at the time, I hope to teach my family, my children, my grandchildren, the hope in Christ that I have. And I hope to pass that testimony and that belief and then that according behavior, I wanna pass to them because it will bless their lives. And if enough of us do that, they cannot win. Do you understand that? They cannot win because we're on God's side. Thanks for being alongside for the ride. Hopefully it was educational. I appreciate you and all that you do. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word, share the love, donate liberally. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America.